Somebody once told me. This week on Champion Church Fort Worth, the podcast, Pastor Samuel brings us part three of I Love the 90s entitled Oh, the Places You Will Go, except when you don't. God introduces opportunities to us every day. As his followers, it is our job to recognize these open doors and step through them in order to follow the path that God has set before us. Here's Pastor Samuel. The 90s, welcome to I Love the 90s. We are so thankful that you're here today. I believe the Lord has a word for your life today. How many of you believe that? Say amen. Amen. Now, my parents this morning are preaching in Southern California. I just talked to my my mother and father. Uh, They'll be preaching in Long Beach, California, where I was born. Praise God. Anybody from California in here? Thank you, Susie. I know we had a strong bond, and it's because we love the beach. Praise God. And uh, so they're preaching there, and they're preaching in Compton right after that, too. So uh, it's going to be good. They're, 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 they're preaching, and we've been praying for them. And uh, I know that they love you and wish they could be here. Do you believe that? Yeah. Amen. So because my mom is the loudest amener in the church, you guys have a lot to work on today. Amen? Amen. That's what I'm talking about. If you guys shout me down, we'll be out in 10 minutes. What's up? And football hadn't even started yet as far as NFL. Hot dog. Thank you, David. David's in the house. Hey, God is good. I love the 90s. I brought some things. I brought some pictures for you because I'm always thinking a lot about the 90s as we do this series. And there are some things that I want to tell you that were some of the greatest inventions in the 90s, all right? And if, and if you can appreciate some of these, uh, I want you to hoop and holler as we pull them up. So um, the first one here, let's see this. We know what this is. America's Funniest Home Videos. Come on. Anybody? We still watch that show all the time. Jeff's got them all recorded, and we'll watch the same thing and laugh just as hard. And uh, I know Dane does too. So number two, what's number two? Nintendo 64. Does anybody still have one of those? Do you really? Oh my gosh, you need to get saved. That's what you're filling your time with, isn't it? That's awesome. Okay, number three, what do we have? This is a game called Skip It. Have you ever seen this? Like, you put it on your foot, and if I had one, I would do it right now and show you my skills. Or lack of skills, right? But this was a game that that was created in the 90s. What's the next one? We have this. This is called the AOL screen name. It was the first time that they had created something called Instant Messenger. You guys remember this. You probably still remember your Instant Messenger name, right? Well, this was the first and the coolest thing that came on. Did anybody have one of these? Raise your hand. Don't lie. Raise it around like you just are so excited about it. Man, half the church. We need to get that back, don't we? That was created in the 90s for you 90s people. What's the next? Air Jordans. Has anybody got a pair of Air Jordans in their closet? It'd be a lot cooler if you did, right? Because that was created in the 90s. What's next? Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Who can recite the whole song? Anybody? Man, I know I can do it. Thank you, Victor. Anybody else? Maddox can't. Maybe next week we'll have him come up here and not only rap this song, but dance while he's doing it. So you work on that because you're awesome. What's the next one? Seinfeld. Who's watched Seinfeld? Does anybody like that show? Come on, there's like three of you. Thank you. I see, there we go. My wife loves Seinfeld. And I've, I've really only watched maybe once, one or two episodes, and she'll make comments all the time. And I'm like, I wish I knew what you were talking about. Seinfeld. Now, this one is, is one of your favorites. Let's see. 
Jerry Springer, anybody? <laughs> Jerry, don't lie to me. All of you are at home like, yo, open it up, you know? I mean, come on, don't like, get that off there, get that off there. That is an ungodly show. Don't you ever watch that show. All right, that's awesome, that's awesome. I love the 90s because it had a lot of good things and a lot of bad things, right? And I wanted to show you this because these were some of the top 10 things that were actually created in the 90s, right? But uh, we're so thankful that God has created great things for us, not only in the, in the 90s, but in 2016. Praise the Lord. Yes. Amen. Let me read a scripture to you as we open uh, with the Word of God today. We are going to be in Revelation. And uh, I love this because... Uh, This is a letter to the church of Philadelphia, which is the church of brotherly love, right? This is one of my favorite churches that he speaks about in the book of Revelation. And I want to set this up today um, in a way that allows you to see what is most important in our lives. And over the past few weeks, we've been talking about this idea of taking the next step. This idea that Jesus really wants us to, to desire for more, to desire for growth. And that's what we saw in the 90s, a lot of growth. We went from big cell phones to small cell phones. We went from all kinds of technology that was was big and bulky to really small MP3 players. And, And I believe that Jesus, just like in the 90s, wants us to grow, wants us to learn, wants us to come alive in Him. And I believe you came to church this morning because you want to be more like Jesus. You want to learn more about Jesus. You want to have the same desires that that, that, that Christ followers have to do great things. And what I want to encourage you today is in this scripture, Jesus says something to you and I, just like he said to this church in Philadelphia, something very important in order for us to understand what our next step is. So let's go to the Word of God. We're going to be in Revelation this morning, um, and we're going to be in Revelation... Seven. Can you put that scripture up there for me? I don't have the title there. It says here, To the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. Listen to this, church. What he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. It says here, I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door. Someone say open door. door. That no one can shut. I know that you have little, I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. And he's saying here that you have little strength, which means in, in in that day and age, they had a smaller church. But he said, be of good cheer. Even though you're little in numbers, you have a great heart. And this is what I see at Champion Church. This is what I see in in the church that God is building here in this location, is that we are full of brotherly love. We are full of understanding that God has opened a door for us in this community to do great things. Did you know that God has opened a door in your life right now to do great things in the community that God has put you in? And in, the, in the, the, the business that God has for you, in the family, did you know he puts you in that family on purpose and for a purpose? Yes. I know that some of you have had moments in your life where you've said, God, why did you give me this family? Is it just me? Yeah. Right? Yeah. We've all had these moments, but I'm here to tell you, you are here on purpose 
and for a purpose. Can you say amen to that? Now, I love this idea of the open door because an open door is a symbol of an opportunity that was opened by God. An opportunity opened by God. It was not by accident, but, but it was on purpose and for a purpose. The greatest invention was not the iPod, was not the iPhones, right? The greatest invention in our lives is an open door. Did you know that, friends? Did you know that you and I have a gift from the Lord called an open door? And that's a blessing, friends. What I want you to receive today is, is what is the door that God has for you? What door has the Lord opened up in your life that you need to walk straight through with confidence and understanding and ability and do great things? You know, I want to tell you, my first job, I worked at this awesome grocery store called Kroger. Has anybody ever been there? Yeah. So um, I started when I was 16. My dad said, hey, when you turn 16, you're getting a job. I said, okay. So I went right across the street to Kroger, got my first job, started, uh, I was a sacker, also known as a courtesy clerk, right? That's the, <laughs> that's the uh, scientific word for it. Um, and, and that made me feel a lot better about being a courtesy clerk. And I, I worked faithfully for three months as a courtesy clerk. And one day the boss asked me to come in his office, and I thought I was getting fired. And uh, not really. I was just like, what, do you, what does he want? Why would he ever call me into his office? I don't want to go to his office. I'm sacking groceries. I'm doing my job. I'm nice to people. I get tips from time to time. Don't ask me to come into your office because that makes me nervous. <laughs> Am I the only one? Thank you. Thank you. I, th- I think I heard my mom in California. Hey, man, son. Um, and so I go to his office, and, and he sits me down. He says, Sam, I appreciate it. You're a hardworking man, and I'm so thankful that you're here. What we want to do is we want to promote you to, um, to a checker, okay, which is a, a, a courtesy check. I don't know what you call him. And uh, so he asked me to be a checker, and, and I thought, this is so awesome. Like, my dad is going to be so proud of me. I worked hard, and... And I thought, man, I'm going to, you know, first thing I'm thinking is how much more money you can pay me, you know? And he's like, it's going to be a 25 cent increase. And I was like, jackpot, right? That was awesome. 25 cents. And so I went home that day and I was telling my dad, listen, they're making me a check or five, three months. I've only been there three months. So I ended up going to work. And and what I found is that. I, in my mind, I thought it was just going to be awesome. Like, but then when I started checking groceries, I realized there were some angry people. <laughs> and there were these God-loving ladies that would come in with a thousand coupons. And I began to build up this hatred in my heart <laughs> for coupon ladies. And you, and, and you know them because they walk around with these boxes. And they open these boxes. Come on, somebody. Don't lie. You know you have it in the car right now. Gloria knows she was one of them. But she was my aunt. So I couldn't hate her too much, right? And, and she would come in and they would come in and just fill, wait, cause everybody behind them to just feel, be filled with disdain in their hearts, right? But the fact is, these women were saving money, right? And they would do anything and everything, and if there was something wrong, they accidentally got something wrong, they would hold up the whole line to go run back and pick up the right item. And I just want to say, I realized that, that the open door 
was very different than I thought it was going to be. And, and even though it brought more money and more responsibility and, 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 and greater, um, um, you know, things that I could learn, there were also some things in there that I just didn't really expect, friends. And I want to tell you, I believe that life is a lot like that when it comes to open doors. We have thoughts and desires and things that we want to do. And what I want to tell you is Christ will always run after you to give you an open door. And it doesn't always mean that everything's going to be rosy on the other side of that door. Did you know that? It means that with, with, with greater responsibility, with, with a greater position means that there's more to do. There's more, there's more things that, are, that you're, you're held responsible for. You've got to be a fast checker. You can't be slow or nobody wants to get in your line, right? you you got to be fast. you got to be consistent. Now I had to learn uh, over a hundred different little codes for your bananas and your strawberries and all the things that wouldn't ring up right, right? All of these things. And all of a sudden I began to be overwhelmed with all of these things of life. And, and my dad sat me down and said, Sam, just relax. You're going to learn those things in time. It's going to take time. You're not going to be excellent right when you walk through that door, right when you get that job. That's the point. They see what you, you have in your ability, and they want to train you and teach you. And, you know, ultimately, as I accepted the job and did the job, I was ultimately able to go. One day my boss said, hey, I want you to be in the checker challenge for all of the Kroger's regionally because you're a super fast checker. And I... <laughs> that's not funny. That is a, that's valuable, Dane. <laughs> Being a fast checker is awesome. So I went and I had my shirt and I ended up winning stock in the whole Kroger organization because yeah. I'm a fast, awesome checker. Amen. Nobody makes fun of me checking groceries. <laughs> and I guarantee you all would have come through my line because I'm fast. <laughs> But that was an open door, friends, and, and that's what I want to talk about today because, you know, sometimes open doors are an, give you an ability to walk through, but it doesn't always give you all the information that you need to go through that door. And I want to encourage you today because I believe God wants you to take the next step today. I believe that the 90s was all about taking more and more steps to do greater things and have more ability and have more insight and have more wisdom. And I believe today God is giving us the opportunity to see that we need to take a next step and walk through the doors that he opens. Why? Because they are gifts from the Lord. I want to give you this. I want to say this to you. Open doors don't come because you're clever. Open doors don't come because you have this strong strength or you have this education. But they are a gift. By the grace of God to you and I. Yes. Did you know that? Yes. These doors that God opens up are, 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 are a gift to you and I. And, and, and I want to talk to you briefly about Abraham and the gift that he was given, the open door that he was given, because the Bible tells us here uh, in Genesis 12:1, the Lord comes to Abram, right? Before he changed his name, it says here, the Lord said to him, Go. From your country, your people, and your father's household to the land that I will show you. And then he says to him, I will make you into a great nation. And I will bless you and I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. I love this. But on the other hand, this really, if, if, if God told me this, I would be completely worried. Because all that God told Abraham to do was go. 
He didn't tell him where to go. He didn't tell him how, how to go. He didn't tell him all the obstacles that he was going to face as he went. All that he said to Abram in that moment was go. And I will bless you. And you know, the, the, the hard thing for you and I is to actually walk and take that next step through the door that God has given us. It's a very difficult thing because we have lots of reasons. And, and I believe one of the main reasons is that to go means that we are going to have to leave our comfort zone. Did you know that? Any door that God will give you, it will always be to push you and to encourage you to be what God wants you to be. And it always means that you have to leave the comfort of where you're currently at. That's not an easy thing, friend. That, that's not an easy thing to wrap your heart around. But if we would do that, we would be able to see amazing things and do amazing things. Now, God continually reminds Abraham of this promise throughout the, the, the book of Genesis, throughout his time as he travels. He continues to say, just go and I will show you the way. And in that, I will bless you. I love what he says because he says go, but then he also says the second word that he uses is bless. So God says to Abraham, I want you to go and bless people. See, anytime there's a door that God opens, it's always so that you will go and be a blessing to people. There's a reason why he puts you in that job, friends. It's because he wants you and and, and he's encouraging you to be a blessing to the job that he's put you in. How many of you are a blessing to the job God has put you in? Because for some of us, friends, what would our boss say about us? What would he say about our ability to work and do the job? What would he say about us? I hope that he would say, that employee, that champion, that, that, that follower of Christ is a blessing. And so he says here to Abraham, I want you to go, not only go, but be a blessing to those around you. Now listen to what the definition of to bless means. It says here, to bless means to sacrificially give of my life to enhance and give meaning to other lives. Did you know that? To be a blessing to people means that you're actually going to enhance their life. And that's, that's, that's a prime indication of if you and I are a follower of Christ. Did you know that? Yes. He said that we are going to have this ability to bring life to those around us. I love what Genesis 128 says in the Message Bible. It says here, God bless them. He says, prosper, reproduce, fill the earth. Take charge. Be responsible for the fish and the sea and the birds of the air. For every living thing that moves on the face of the earth. Listen, which means that every door that God gives us to go through, as we are a blessing to people, it means that we have a life and that we have a mission in that door that we're walking in. That we have a responsibility. Listen, when the boss told me, Sam, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to um, you know, give you a, uh, a raise and I'm going to give you more opportunity, it means that I'm going to give you a mission and a mandate from, from this company to go and do great things and represent me well. My boss, that's what my boss, in effect, was saying to me. And this is what Jesus Christ says to you and I as he opens doors in our lives. As we walk into those things, he's saying, represent me well. What is the mission? Right? And, and whose mission is it? Listen, I don't believe that it's actually our mission. I believe that it's God's mission. When God opens the door, it's so that he can use your life 
to bless other people. That's his mission, friends. This was his plan. His plan is for the local church to go change the known world. That's his plan. What's the mission? To bless, to love, to care, to enjoy, and to help other people. And to bring people that are far from Christ into a loving relationship with Jesus. Yes. For us to go and invite people and invest in their lives. Can you say amen? amen. Now where do we do this? Wherever we are. Wherever you are right now. Wherever you go is where, where you need to begin that process. When do you need to start walking through that door that God has put into your life? Today is your day. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that God wants to use you and open that door for you to walk boldly and confidently through. Now, open doors start where you are, not where you think you should be. Did you know that? Because that's the first thing you're going to get sucked into. You know, it's the first thing I thought when he asked me to be a checker. I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to check groceries. I don't know how to memorize all of that stuff. Like, I'm worried. I'm concerned that I'm not going to be able to do the job. Maybe I, you should wait a few more months. But the boss said, Sam, I want to promote you now. What was I going to say to him? No. The boss told me to go. And you know what I did? I went. I said, God, you're going to provide all the answers to me. Sometimes if we think if we're somebody else or we were in a different place or had a different job, that we could be successful. Let me tell you, God wants to work with you right now in the job that he's given you today. And what I want you to do is stop worrying about where you think you need to be and, and just realize that you're right here where you need to be and God is opening a door for you to walk right through. Can you say amen to that? I want to introduce you to a lady. Her name is Linda Wilson Allen. I've got a picture for her uh, for you up here because the San Diego Post wrote an article about this woman. And the great thing about Linda was she was a bus driver in downtown San Diego. And they ended up doing a whole article on this lady right here driving the bus. And what I love about this lady is her whole mission in life was to drive her bus the way Jesus would drive the bus. And every day she woke up at 2.30 in the morning and prayed for 30 minutes before going to work. And she said, God, I want you to drive the bus through me today. And she would say this every day that she would wake up. And what was so great is she began to have regulars that would drive her bus every day, that would ride her bus every day, that she would love, that she would encourage, that she would bring life to. In the article, they, they, they talked about this lady named Elsie. She was an 80-year-old lady, and one day she had all of her groceries in her hand, and she was running for the bus as the bus was about to leave, and she ended up uh, dropping some things. And the bus driver, Linda, stopped her bus, got out of her bus, and helped this 80-year-old lady to get on the bus that day. And you know what happened was every day that 80-year-old Elsie wanted to ride Linda's bus. And Linda would even wait for Elsie, knowing every day she would come. Even if she was late, the bus would wait for her, and then she would make up the time as she went along. There was another lady named Tanya who was at the bus shelter, and, and the strange things happened was, all of a sudden, Linda saw Tanya, and Tanya didn't know what to do. And it was right before Thanksgiving. And, and, and Tanya had never ridden a bus before, 
And Linda took her time to encourage her and show her what to do and ultimately found out that Tanya had no place to go for Thanksgiving. So Linda invited her to her house for Thanksgiving. It was the first time anybody had ever invited her to Thanksgiving dinner. And it, it blew her mind. And in the article, they talk about this relationship. And the reporter writes about every day how, how Linda has this community of people that are on her bus. And what's so cool is people that ride her bus have invited her to go to vacations with them, have invited her to, to take their vacation homes for time away. They've given her gifts. They've made scarves for her as, as she rides the bus during, or as she drives the bus during the winter time. And, and I love Linda's attitude because, you know, being a bus driver is not the most glamorous job in the world. In fact, you deal with traffic, you deal with angry people, you deal with people that are frustrated, you deal with people that, that, that sideswipe you, and, and, and you deal with all kinds of things while you're on the road. Can someone say amen to that? Um, where, where you don't know what one day is going to happen from the next, and it is a high-stress situation. But her attitude every day, friends, when, before she goes to work and she prays, and, and, and that, that God would drive that bus, that Jesus would, would be evident. And every day people get off, she says, that's all, friends, and I love you. She tells everybody that gets on that bus that I love you, and I want you to take care and have a wonderful day. And what she says at the end of this article, she says, Jesus in me just loves people on my bus. Jesus and me, all we do is love people on the bus. What a great example Linda is for you and I, friends about the open door that Jesus has given her in a bus dealing with the public every day. You know, I believe that there are people that get on her bus that are discouraged, that don't have hope, that are feeling down about their situation, and God provides an open door for Linda to run right through. And every day she decides that I'm going to love people, that I'm going to be the answer to people that are hurting, that are without, that maybe don't have jobs, that are maybe hard on their, on, on their luck and, and time, and, and they're going through a lot of difficult things. And Linda every day says, Jesus, use me. That's my prayer today for you and I, that we would see the open door that God has put right in front of us, and that you and I would run through that. See, open doors are about opportunities. And what I want to say to that is they are about opportunities they're not guarantees that it won't work out. They're not, they're not guarantees that, that you will never fail in those opportunities. I think for a lot of us, we've failed in different things, in different opportunities, but God will always put an open door in front of us. And if we walk through it, I, I know and realize that God's going to allow us to be a blessing as we do this. Can I say this to you, that God is more concerned with the person we are becoming than the circumstance we inhabit. Yeah. And I want to say that to you because God will always put an open door in front of us to do great things. But it's not the open door that's the big deal. What the big deal is is that you and I would grow to be more and look like Him. That we would grow and that we would learn how to process things, how to make wise decisions. You know, as a parent, I, I want my children to make good decisions. I just do. I'm always encouraged to, to encourage them to make the right decisions, to have a right heart. But you know, if every day I came home and told them what to do, that wouldn't be a really good way to live. Because they wouldn't have an opportunity to learn and to grow through their mistakes. 
See, it's okay for my kids to make little mistakes right now. Because they need to learn how that it's up to them to make the right decision in the face of different circumstances. Because what God wants to do and what I want them to do is learn how to make the tough decisions. And how to make the right decision even in the face of all kinds of circumstances. Because I know that they will go through difficult things. They grow to become those great people by doing the work and taking the responsibility. And they've got to learn to do that. Listen, decision making is an indispensable part of character formation. And God is in the character formation business. Did you know that? Listen, there have been open doors in my life. And there have been a lot of good opportunities. And there are some moments God says, don't take that door. That's not a door I want you to go through. And there have been moments where God has said, go through that door. But there have been moments where God didn't say a word to me. And it's almost like he says, Sam, I want you to choose. You choose whatever door you think you need to go through. And that's a hard thing, friends. Because I, I want God to always give me the answers. Lord, just give me the answers, please. I mean, friends, in the past year and a half, I've been praying every day, give me answers. Give me wisdom. And there have been moments where I, I went to my dad and I said, Pat, dad, you know, dad, he's been a pastor for 40 years of his life. Dad, what do I do? My dad says, son, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm like, you're supposed to. You're my dad. <laughs> you don't tell me what to do. Who is, right? Amen. And he says, Sammy, what does God tell you to do? Well, he ain't not telling me anything. Reading the word of God, I'm praying. He's not telling me anything. But you know, I believe in those moments that God wants me to make that decision. Because regardless of what decision I make, he's never going to leave me. He's always going to be there with me through every decision. And I want that to be encouraging to some of you. Because some of you today have come in here and said, I've made some bad, sorry decisions. And I want to tell you, God has been there every step of the way. Did you know that? that? That makes me feel so much better, friends. That makes me feel so much better that God, even though I might have made a bad decision or I may have made a decision because I didn't hear right or maybe I, there was some, some situations that came up, but, but I know that if God wants to speak to me about something, He is capable to tell me what He needs to tell me in order to make that decision. But there are moments when He says, just make a decision. Just do something. Because I want you to know that, Sam, I'm with you. I am in your heart. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will bless your steps. As long as you are walking with me with a heart that says, God, lead me and direct me. He's going to help me through every door I go through. Yes. We don't have to worry, friends. Who you become as a person going through that door matters more than the door that you go through. Amen to that? He wants you and I to grow and exercise our faith and exercise our joy in Him, even though it might be uncertain or difficult. God cares more about your growth than your circumstances. Going through an open door does not mean that life will be easy on the other side. Just like we talked about. Some people refuse to go through an open door because of their feelings. I just don't feel peace about this open door. 
I just don't know what to do. I don't, I, you know, some people tell me I shouldn't go through this. Or some people sh- tell me I shouldn't sign up to, to, to be on the dream team or I shouldn't give in, in my finances. And listen, I've had people in my own life, my own family members, they say, why do you tithe to the church? That makes no sense. You, you make your money. It's your money. Do whatever you want with it. My own family people, my own, my own people that are closest to me would say, how could you do that? Say, friends, are you, are you kidding me? Everything I have is my heavenly father's. Why would I why would I take from him when he asked me to be obedient when that door is open for a blessing in my life? Amen. I, I want to run through that door, even if I, I might not have peace about how I'm gonna pay that bill. God knows how I'm gonna pay that bill. God can deal with that. God can work on my boss to give me a raise. God can work on my boss when I'm just a little sacker to give me a raise to be a checker, even if it's 25 cents, because I'm a tither. Sometimes we say, I don't feel peace about that. When has God ever given someone an easy job? Right? When he tells you to pull over and help that person on the side of the road when you're late. That's not an easy task, friends. When God tells you to be bold and tell people about what he's done in your life in front of all of these people, friends, that's not an easy task. But let me tell you, God didn't ever say it would be easy. He he didn't say, I have a task for you, but it won't inconvenience you. He didn't say that. God never said it would be easy. But he said, "If if you will go through this door, I will be with you every step of the way. That's what I appreciate, that he's never going to leave me. You know, God said to Moses, I want you to go and face Pharaoh. Do you think that was easy? What about David? Hey, David, go fight the biggest giant you can find. Have a blast. Get a t-shirt, right? Tell everybody that you, I mean, what was the deal with that? Daniel, go hang out with a bunch of lions. God, I don't want to do that, right? I'm thinking, man, I'll I'll do anything else, right? I'll clean the toilets at the church. Please don't make me go fight the Goliath, right? See, these are things that that, that happen. Noah had to go through the flood. God, why would you flood the whole earth? And why are you making me build an ark for 40 years when I'm going to be made fun of for 40 years of my life? God says, no, I want you to go through that door because it's going to change the face of the earth. And this is what I want you to understand. That when you make a decision to go through the door with Jesus, lives will be affected by your obedience to walk through that door. And not only will their lives be blessed, but your life will, 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 will end in growth of good things. More responsibility, more ability to lead people to the Lord, more ability at your jobs, better, a better position. You will be able to come to the house of God and people will be able to come to, to know Christ more because your ability to understand how valuable you are to serve in this place. Is every door that you walk in is a moment. And we must be obedient in that moment. Because you know where real peace is, friends? Real peace is when you're obedient to God. That's what it equates to. There's a lot of times you're not going to see peace on the front side of that situation. When you're going through the storm, there is no peace. God says on the other side of that storm 
is calm, is peace, is life, is the ability to do things that you've never done before. I want you to know another thing about the door. As an open door person, when you live your life saying yes to Jesus, you must reject the myth that says that if, that if I choose the wrong door, I am on God's plan B for the rest of my life. See, I've wrestled with this, friends. Lord, I don't want to be your plan B. I don't want to be stuck in something that you haven't called me to be in. And all that that does is cause me to be still and never walk through that door. But I believe the life of a Christian is the most fascinatingly adventurous life ever. Amen. Just got asked to go back to Africa. I'm questioning whether I'm going to be able to go and, and work out all the details. But, you know, I think about my life and all the adventures the Lord has allowed me to be a part of. And it's only because I've said yes to Him. It's only because I've said yes to the ministry God has asked for me. You know, there are people in this church that are blessed by you coming and serving, by you setting up food in the back, by you coming and arranging the restrooms and, and, and moving all this pipe and draping and greeting people at the front. I want to encourage you that everybody has an open door. And it's not about being up here, but it's about living the life and walking through the doors God has for you. Did you know that? And you and I have to be excited about that. God is not done with you. I love what Pastor Craig Rochelle says. He says, if you're not dead, you're not done. Did you know that? I, I want to encourage you, friends. Some of you uh, are older in your life. You've done a lot. You've seen a lot. And for some of you, you think, man, I'm just done. I'm just living the last days of my life. And I want to tell you, if you're alive in here, you are not done. God is using your life. God is raising you up and healing you and setting you free. I was thinking about Travis this week and how him and Sabrina, every six weeks, every few months, they go down to the Mayo Clinic there and, 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 and they find out uh, about uh, Travis. He's had multiple bouts of cancer. And we've been praying for Travis, that every time he goes, he gets a good report. You know, this, the time before last, he had a difficult report. And we begin to pray and say, God, we're not going to believe that report. And we're going to believe that whatever it is, it's going to be okay. It's not going to be cancer. And you know, they went on Monday back to Houston where they have to go all the time. Let me tell you about that door, friends. That's a wretched door. That's a hard door to go through. But you know, he went this week and they called me on the way out and said, listen, whatever they saw, it was nothing. Just something else. It wasn't cancer. It wasn't any of that. And you know what? I believe God does miracles in the life of this family every day. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap. What I want to tell you is Travis has to walk through that door every day of faith. He has to wake up and say, God, I, I proclaim healing in my body. And we're believing God every day for Travis, for Sabrina. They're two boys. We're believing that God will continually heal his body day in and day out. Why? Because God has a plan for Travis's life. Amen. God has a door and, and abilities that Travis and Sabrina bring to the house of God, to the kingdom of God, to do great things. And listen, what I don't want to see, friends, is that you don't ever walk through that door. You don't ever take your next step in the kingdom of God. 
Because you know there's a study here. The saddest stories are about doors that have never been walked through. What is God telling you to do for his kingdom today? What door has he opened up in your life that he is telling you to walk through? You know, they did a psychology study and they discovered the way that regret changes over time. It says here, short-term regret involves something that someone wishes that they would have never done. Short-term regret. Man, I wish I hadn't eaten that. <laughs> Has anybody had a dinner? Look, I watched this story of this fish yesterday. Um, Mark Stewart was showing me because that's what he does um, when he's at my house. He watches YouTube. And uh, so he showed me this little catfish, right, Mark? And this catfish is eating this fish that's actually bigger than him. And, and this big fish, and he's got his little mouth around this massive fish, and he's just just trying to cram this fish down his throat. And he finally, I mean, after working it out, you see this, this little catfish's body, and it's in this shape of this fish that he is now ingested. Like, he's like, I'm getting this thing down. But I guarantee there were probably hours where he said, why did I do this? Like, what caused me to eat the biggest thing in the fish tank? And one bite, you know what I mean, friends? Like, like, there are things that we wish that we had never spent our money on. That we had never done. And this is what short-term regret does. But listen to what the, 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 the report, the study says. that our pers- It says here that our perspective actually shifts when it comes to regret over time. And as we grow older, we regret the actions that we did not take. This is the difference, friends. But you and I feel like we shouldn't have done that. To all of a sudden, we will look back on our life and it will be what we should have done. The door that we should have gone through. The the understanding that God has given us an ability to say yes, and we didn't do it. The risk that we never took. The gift that we never gave to somebody. You know, when I'm going to restaurants, my wife and I, if we have a good waiter, because we used to wait tables as Dane comes up, if we, if we have a good waiter, we, we give him a good tip. But if we have a bad waiter, man, a lot of times I will double their tip. Because, you know, I, I say, God, this is my opportunity to sow into the kingdom of God. This is my opportunity to sow in the, in the heavenly realm. To say, God, I will, I'll be used to take something that was negative, and my hope is that their life will be changed by the goodness of God. I always look at things like, what is, what is my opportunity here? What I would say to, today to you, friends, is what, what is the opportunity God has asked you to walk in? Don't be afraid of it. Begin to run through that door. Say, God, I'm not sure what's happening on the other side of that door. There might be a lot of uncertainty. There might be a lot of of, of worry. But I would encourage you to know today that Jesus is going to be with you no matter what you decide. And that the kingdom of God is always open to you. This is what I love about our Heavenly Father, that He runs after us. And gives us a blessing called an open door. And my encouragement to you is that you would take that next step. 
that you would take the next step like Abraham had to do. Like Moses had to do when, when, when God told him to go and deliver his people out of Egypt and face Pharaoh. That ability to, to, even though the lions are waiting for you in the den, that you're going to take that step of faith. Because I believe God wants us to take a step of faith, friends. And faith is not always easy. easy. How do you spell faith? It's called R-I-S-K. It's called risk. You and I have to take a risk, and that, that risk is worth it when it's in Jesus. Because you will be a blessing, as, as God told Abraham, not just to yourself and your family, but to everyone you meet. And I want to say this in closing, that God will always seek you out because He loves you. Because He wants His mission fulfilled. And it's going to happen with the wonderful little church in Fort Worth Academy. God is bringing life to our lives. And people are coming to know Christ because of your next step, because you're taking it, friends. More and more people are coming and their lives are being changed by you because you're inviting them to the house of God. And I just appreciate you today. I want you to bow your heads this morning with me. I want you to bow your heads because Jesus says in Revelation that Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anybody opens the door, I will come in. This is what salvation is all about, friends. If you're here this morning, you've never asked Jesus in your heart, and you want to say a simple prayer with us. It's a very simple thing, and I want to give you that opportunity. If you're here, I want you to quickly slip up your hand, and then we are going to say a prayer with you. We're not going to embarrass you, but we want you to to, to respond to God and say, God, count me in. I want to walk through that door of salvation and begin a new life with you. If you're here, just slip up your hand, and we will do this together as as a family. Let's pray together. Dear Jesus, I ask you to my life. I confess that I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I know that you died on the cross for my sins and you were resurrected three days later to bring me life, God. Thank you for taking my sins and giving me your righteousness. I receive it today. Change me from the inside out. In Jesus' name. If you're here today, I just want to pray for you, for those of you that have had doors in your life that you've not walked through. Maybe you haven't taken the next step to come and be a part of the church. Maybe you haven't taken your next step of ownership and actually coming and being a part of and calling this church your home. Maybe your next step is you've never been baptized with water. We're going to do that here in the next month, and I want to encourage you, if you've never been baptized, to take that next step. And maybe you're here today, and you have have, uh, not really been sold out to, to what God really wants you to do in this life. Maybe it's been about your mission, but God is saying, I want you to be about my mission. I just want to pray for strength for you today, that you would walk in that next step, that you would walk through that open door. And even though it might be scary, even though there might be some uncertainty, don't worry about it. God's going to hold you by your hand every step of the way and lead and guide you. Dear Lord, I lift up your people today, Father. I lift them up, God, that they would be bold enough to say yes to you, Jesus. They would walk through that door and they would do great things, God. And and, and you you would be real in their lives that you would use them to bring life to those around them. 
that they would be a blessing to everybody in the job, in their homes, the family members, God, that they would lead well, Father, all that you have for them today. Thank you, Lord, that you have given us the next step today. We honor you and we love you, Father. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. What I want to do before we close today, friends, let's give the Lord a hand clap today. Can we do this? That's all for this week. Come back next week for part four of I Love the 90s. Have a blessed one.